Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Bibles, turn to the book of 1 Kings chapter 17, the book of 1 Kings chapter 17. This is the uh, second part of a, of a series we're doing on Elijah, and uh, as we read in 2 Kings today, uh, uh, chapter 17, there's, there's a couple of things. There's two stories that I want to go over this morning, <clears throat> but there's also the theme of a miracle, miracle theme that runs through this. And I don't care what you're up against. I don't care what you face. I don't care how dire the circumstances may be. I want you to know today that we serve a God of miracles. I don't care how dark things may be in your life. Never give up the fact that God in a moment can change your circumstance. Okay? Uh, First uh, Kings 17 we read where Elijah you know, spoke to Ahab last week and then sent him to the brook. We read, read that story. and So we'll start at verse 7, uh, uh, verse seven uh, 1 Kings 17. But sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain. God sent him to a brook that had supplied him and now the brook dried up. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may drink? And she was, as she was going to get it, he called and, pre, and said, please bring me a piece of bread. So he leaves the brook and he departs for Zarephath. And I only just mention it because I just had a, a moment last week. But that brook had supplied him. The ravens had resourced him. But there is a time that some things end with the Lord. There's a time, you know, sometimes things go by, you know, particular seasons. And with that brook, it kind of, you know, it kind of dried up. And because the brook dries up, it does not mean that, you know, you did anything wrong or that God is any less God. But sometimes it just means he's got something new for you. He's got another chapter for you. He's got another way in his storehouse of provision that he is going to provide for you. Now some people you know they don't want to leave. They want to stay in the security of what they've known even though it may not be working like it had in the past. They get an emotional attachment you know for, for whatever reason to, to things like that or or some people just want to they think well if I just pray and have a little more faith then I can get water coming out of this brook and I just want you to know there are times and seasons where it's not an issue of prayer. It's not an issue of faith. It is a time that something has ended and God has something new. Uh, God has something new for you. So there may be a shift going on in some of your lives. You may sense this restlessness. You may sense something ending and maybe there's something that, that is going to emerge in your life. You may be 
experiencing a shift, a time when some things have come to the end. It's run its course. You haven't done anything wrong. God is not any less God. It's just run its course or there is a time for a new beginning. And that's what... You know, that's when that brook dried up. That's what that was because the Lord had another plan for him. He just didn't wander around the desert. The Lord said, okay, now I want you to go to Zarephath. Now, he sends him to Zarephath in Sidon, which was a very evil place. You remember last week we talked about Ahab and Jezebel, and she was, she's from the family of the Sidonians. Her father uh, was the king of the Sidonians, and they were given over to Baal worship. They're given over to Baal worship, and his name was even called Eth Baal. I mean, this place, I mean, it, it would be like if the Lord said to you, I'm going to provide for you in a rock. I need you to move to a rock. Wow. Okay, so uh, Sidon, really, you know, is that, is that where you're sending me? Really, Lord? I mean, the place of the golden calf. That's where you're going to provide for me, in Sidon. The place of, the, 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 the place of ch- child sacrifice. Is that where you're going to provide for me? Really? So he sends this prophet right back into the heart of Baal worship, even under the kingship of Eth Baal. Now, I just want to remind you something. Uh, how will we win those in tough places if we're not willing to go to those places? How do we win those people in tough places if we're not willing to go to those places ourselves? Can I tell you, when God places you in a tough place, all right, there has got to be a sense of, of being tough in your own heart and life. And, and toughness is endurance and perse- uh, perseverance in hard or stressful times. See, we're always praying for deliverance. God, remove me. Hey, maybe the answer's not for Him to move you. Listen, you may be there for a divine purpose. You're praying, you're confessing, you're rebuking, you got the prayer chain going, you're praying, you know, for for this thing to be removed, but it may not be your season to move. God may be saying, I'm going to use you right where you're at. Just stay put. And that's where you and I, we got to be tough. We got to be tough. We got to, when we're confronted with unusual situations, there's got to be some perseverance and some endurance, even though there's stress and hard times that are there. We got to look sometimes. God, God may be using us in a different way. Now, I know you're thinking today, man, he's preaching to the missionaries. Not, not necessarily. You may be in a tough work environment. You may be in a tough situation wherever you're at. And your prayer is... I want to be moved, but that door hasn't opened yet, and you're like frustrated. You know what? Because God maybe want to use you right where you at, right where you're at. Sometimes He calls us to tough location to reach good people in difficult situations, and we got to have a little toughness in our life. We got to have just I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna be tough. I love this story. Teddy Roosevelt, he's giving a, uh, he's giving a speech in, in Milwaukee, October 14, 1912. As he comes to the stage, an assassin comes and shoots him in the ribs as he's about to, get, about to go up on the stage. We have a little picture of the, of the shirt there. I mean, you can see the bullet hole there, and, he, and he's shot. 
And man, they're, they're ready to take him to the doctor, but he goes, no, I'm here to give a speech. So he goes to the stage. His staff is around him because he's bleeding. They're expecting him to collapse. And here's what he says. Friends, I shall ask you to be as quiet as possible. I don't know whether you fully understand it or not, but I have just been shot. He reached into his coat. He pulled out the bullet-ridden 50-page speech, and he said, fortunately, I had my manuscript uh, with me, and unfortunately for you, I'm not going to be able to make a long speech. Ninety minutes later, he finished the speech. All right? Listen, sometimes we just got to be tough. Sometimes God's going, hey, there's some good people in difficult situations, and I just need you to endure for a little while. Elijah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to send you to Sidon. I'm going to send you in the heart of Baal worship. That's what, I, that's what I've got for you. Listen, God may open a door, and I said it last week, God may open a door for you in a hard place, but just know all the easy places are already taken. So he may send you to a place like Sidon. He comes up to the widow and he said, hey, would you, would, you get me some, would you get me some water? Comes up to this widow of Zarephath. You know, would you, would you get me some water? And as she goes to get the water, he said, hey, would you get me some bread? Ladies, that ever happened to you around your house? Like your husband says, hey, would you get me a drink? Yeah. Hey, while you're in there, can you get me a ham and cheese sandwich and some cookies and some chips? Well, I just want you to know that's the scripture. Your husband's living out his faith. Don't be grumbling in there. Just part of serving God here. Just part of serving God. He asked for water. He asked for food. He'd been a hundred miles in drought conditions. All right? And he comes across this little widow. He goes from the brook to the widow. I'm sure he's thinking, as God says, you know, there's a widow in Zarephath that's going to, provide for you. I'm sure he's going, well, if she's going to provide for me, that must be one thing. She's loaded. She is loaded. All right. And she's a widow. Might be a little Christian mingle happening here. All right. And then he comes upon the widow. Verse 12. As surely as the Lord your God lives here, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar, a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make, my, make for my, myself and my son, uh, make a meal for myself and my son. That way we may eat it and die. Well, I guess that fantasy was over with quick, right? Can I just tell you something? You know, God provides in his own, you know, in his own way. I mean, God's plan does not always look like I think it should look like. God's plan does not always look like I think it should look like. I mean, he's going, a widow, and she's poor. She's not rich. She's poor. Not only that, she's poorer than me. How is that going to work? How is that provision 
going to, you know, how is that going to happen? He shows up. He's obedient to God. There's no banquet. There's no prepared meal. She didn't even know, you know, she didn't even know that he was, you know, she was coming. And her attitude was, I only have just so much. I'm making a final meal. Then my son and I are going to die. So I want you to remember this. God's plan does not always look like I think it should look. It will, you know, he, he doesn't see the miracle yet. He's looking through human eyes, trying to get a spiritual answer through human eyes. So sometimes God's plan looks a little different. And I want to say, too, be patient and wait for God's plan to unfold. Be patient and wait for God's plan to unfold. Elijah, he could have just gone, what? I mean, she's broke. She doesn't have anything. How is this going to work out? You know what? This must not be the widow. There must be another widow. So he would do like some of us, and when we try to help God a little bit, he could have gone, tomorrow morning I'm going to the grocery store, and I'm going to be scoping out another widow. I'm going to be looking, because surely this is not it. He's scoping. He's looking. Well, hello, ma'am. My name's Elijah. I'm new in town. I love poetry in the park and walks on the beach. Would you like to grab a coffee? All right. God's plan does not always look, you know, like, like we think it should look. Be patient and wait for God's plan to unfold. Because sometimes we get a little nervous when it comes to God's plan. And we think that we can help God's plan out just a little bit. Can I tell you something this morning? He created the world with His spoken word. He can handle your plan without your help. The only thing that you can do is screw it up. The only, th the only way that you can help out is just to mess up God's plan. So it doesn't look like this, you know, what, what, what's going on here doesn't look like this, but God is in the midst of this. Can I just tell you, you look at something and you go, there's just no way. There's just no way. Because you can't see it through your own eyes. But God may be in this thing and there's a miracle that's coming in your, your, your way. If you'll just kind of take your hands off and trust God. Look what, I, look what Elijah says to her. <clears throat> Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me. For me from what you have, and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord said. The God of Israel says, The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the Lord sends the rain on the land. She, she went away, did as Elijah had told her, so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman, and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord that the Lord had spoken by Elijah. Okay, so a couple of things here that we just need to see in this passage that has to do with obedience. Okay, 
has to do with obedience to the word of the Lord. Obedience is the first step of faith. Let's look at her faith for a moment. Obedience is the first step of faith. Sometimes God asks you to believe or do something that in our own human understanding doesn't make any sense. But that's what obedience is. And she did it. She honored the word of the Lord. She trusted the word of the Lord. Obedience is the first step of faith. And I will add, even when it does not make any sense sometimes. Because that's what faith is. We're into mathematics. We love because we can determine, based on mathematics, we can determine you know, sufficiency and when, the, when, there's, when there's not enough. But sometimes with God, you know, you, you can't go with that. You just got to take a step of faith. And I want to say the second part of obedience, obedience comes before blessing. He had something he wanted to do in this widow's life. He was pro- providing for Elijah, but he was also providing for her. And he just asked her as well to believe and stand on the word of the Lord and to give something, an unusual, you know, an unusual step. She's looking at those resources, those limited resources, that little bit of oil and that little bit of flour. And she's going, there is just no way there's going to be a shortage. So sometimes, listen, our senses help us sometimes. Our eyes Our ears, they're of great help to us. They have served us well over a period of time. We can tell things and determine things from our senses and our knowledge and our experiences. But I want you to know that when you are dealing with God, sometimes your senses, your eyes, your ears, your mathematics, it does not, you know, it does not account for the fact that there's a word of the Lord, there's a miracle that God wants to do that will counteract your senses and counteract counteract your mathematics that you've known your whole life. Can you just know this? That sometimes God can just bless what you have and just do something incredible with that. All right? Now listen, there are two kinds of miracles. Two kinds of miracles. There's the abundant miracle. Jesus said it's like this. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It's an abundant miracle, okay? But I want to tell you there's another kind of miracle as well, and that is the just enough miracle. The just enough miracle. Now, can I just be honest? I've had both of them. I like the first one a lot better. <clears throat> it's more fun. You sleep better at night. Your testimony is greater. I mean, it's just... I, I like that. Now, let me, let me just say, so she's got this jar of oil every day. And let's just say there's a half inch at the bottom, a half inch. I think the miracle that he gave her was not that the, the jar was now suddenly full of oil. I just think from the wording of that, he said every day you're going to look down at the bottom of that jar and there's only going to be a half inch but it's never going to run out. Now, we look sometimes at the full jar. You know, we love that. But sometimes God is giving you a just enough miracle and you you have a miracle going, but you see that the jar's not 
full all the time. But I just want to tell you, a just enough miracle is still a miracle within itself if it doesn't run out. It's still a miracle. Sometimes we're trusting the abundance of what we have, and the Lord is going, you know what? I want you to trust me every day. So here we go. You got this little bit. You got this little bit, but I'm going to take care of you with this little bit, okay? So a couple weeks ago, I just told you, you know, part of the, the story of, you know, like our house didn't sell for four years after we moved down here. And I will say, and Becky and I have had this conversation, if you would have told us it's going to take four years for your house to sell, we would have not come here. We would have just gone, there's just no way that you can sustain a house payment, a mortgage payment, and three daughters. Can I just add that to the ledger, you know? There's just no way that you can sustain that. And we just had that conversation, you know, that, that there was just no way that we would have come. And we, for four years, man, I, I had the just enough miracle. I mean, but there were, there were times that, that I saw the empty part of the jar and I felt the stress and the pressure to the point that I forgot I was having another miracle of sustenance, but it was just coming in another way. So there were times that I, I felt a little pressure or felt a little concerned or nervous because I didn't understand the just enough miracle. There were times that I probably didn't give thanks to God like I should have for the just enough miracle because I was looking for the abundant miracle. And I just want to say something to you this morning. Some of you are living a miracle this morning and you don't even know it. God's got His hand on you. God's going to provide for you. He's not going to let you fail. That oil is not going to run dry. They'll always be sufficient if you trust Him. <clears throat> We've had this conversation multiple times since that house sold. It, we were just like, how do we do that? If I had to go back now, I mean, I just couldn't do it. I, mean, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't do it because I was in the midst of a just enough miracle and I just... I just, didn't, I just didn't see that. I just want you to know something this morning, whether it's an abundant miracle or just enough miracle. God's got His hand on you this morning. You're living a miracle. He's doing something in your midst. It may not be exactly how you think that it should work out or that you would want, want it to work out, but God's got this this morning, and you got a miracle in your midst. <clears throat> Verse 17, sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, what do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and to kill my son? You ever kind of had maybe this dilemma here? You see God's hand working in one area of your life, and then there's another area that it's just coming off the rails. And then you've got this theological question, you know, what, what's going on? But I, I just want to I just want to say something this morning. Her son is sick. She's asking these questions of, of Elijah. I just want to say this morning that our memories sometimes of God's goodness are short. Our memories of God's goodness are short. So here's a lady whom God sent a prophet 
to her a long way in an evil part of the world. And for this last season, she's been living off the abundant miracle provision or the, the, the just enough miracle provision that God has given her. But yet, but yet, you know, very quickly she begins to question that I just want to say, don't let your present circumstance erase your divine history. Don't let your present circumstance erase your divine history. Sometimes something's working on one hand. We got a question on the other hand. We're, we're not sure, but I just want to say something to you this morning. Man, you take, you draw faith from the fact that God has provided in other ways. And don't let that, that, that dilemma that you have now cause discouragement. Draw faith from your history. Don't forget your history of God's provision over your life, God's keeping power over your life, God's hand that's over your life. Don't forget that. Draw faith from that and work through that new season with the faith that has been inspired by what you've been, for, been through in the past. Don't let your present circumstance erase your divine history. Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, laid him on his bed, and then he cried out to the Lord, Lord my God, you have brought tragedy upon this widow that I'm staying with by causing her son to die. And then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord. So he takes this boy. He goes probably to the room that he was staying upstairs. Lays the boy out on the bed. All right. Kind of gets up on the bed and maybe lays forehead to forehead, foot to foot. You know, now let me just say something. At this particular time, there had been no resurrections in the Bible. There's nothing like this that's going on. He's not reading the Bible and going, man, man here's a spiritual precept that I can stand on. There's not the testimony of other people to encourage him. Can I just tell you? But here is a guy who's seen the hand of God. Here is a guy that had this word from the Lord and he spoke this word, you know, to Ahab and, and, and Ahab protected him. This is a guy that saw every morning and every night ravens come down and bring him bread and bring him meat in the morning and at night. This is the same guy that heard the word of the Lord to go to Sidon. This is the same guy who lived off the abundant miracle provision of God with this widow for a season. Let me tell you, when you get to the realm and the thought of faith, you just come to the thought in your mind, there is nothing too hard for God. There's nothing too hard for God. Never been a resurrection. Brent, worship team, you guys can come. Never been a resurrection. Never any, you know, any, any hint this could be done. So he lays on him. He lays on him. I don't know if he prayed. I don't know what he I don't know what he said. But the first time, whatever he tried, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. But you know what? He didn't get discouraged. He did for whatever reason. Nobody, no applauding. Come on, you can do it. 
He just says, you know, I'm just confident in God. I'm just confident. He gets back on top of him again. Knee to knee, forehead to forehead, praise, whatever he does, nothing, nothing, nothing. I just want to tell you, there, there are many times that I think we give up too quick on the miracle. I think there are many unclaimed miracles in your life because you gave up too quick. It's not going to work out. Must not be God's will. Must not be, must not be this. And there's some miracles and some healings and some things that we've left on the table because we knocked one time and walked away. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock to the door and it shall be opened. With a little faith comes a little persistence. If you think the enemy of your soul goes, ooh, one time, let him have it. Let me roll out of the way. You're wrong. He's just like, you know what? I'm not sure what I'm doing. I'm not, even sure, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm going to give this one more shot. Climbs back on forehead to forehead, knee to knee. Whatever he said, whatever he did, whatever he prayed. This time something had happened that had never happened in the history of mankind. Life came back in that boy's body. All right. We've got a man that believed. Even though circumstance said no. First strike, second strike. How, how many... How many, how many miracles do you think we've left on the table sometimes because we, we prayed one time or two times and we just got discouraged and we walked away? I'm just telling you this morning he's a God of miracles. I'm just telling you this morning that, man, with just some faith and some persistence and just believing God, you never know what God can do in your life. Some of you just kind of closed that part out of your life. I'm just going to serve him. I'm just going to worship him. But I just want to tell you that he's the God of miracles. And some of you this morning, you need a miracle in your life desperately. Some of you, you got a, you got a sickness in your body this morning. We're going to pray to the God of miracles this morning. We're going to believe the God of miracles this morning. Some of you, you got financial situations in your life. You don't know what to do. The arithmetic and the mathematics are not adding up for you. I'm just telling you this morning, there could be a miracle in your house, in this house, for you today. Some of you have got children away from God that you are concerned about and worried about. Today can be the start of your miracle today. Some of you, man, you've got, you've got things on your job, things in your home, and today you need a miracle in your life today. I say, man, we serve the God of miracles today. serve the God of miracles. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.